But, but we do get another classic line here from Stallone here when he when he gets off and he zips down, falls, and and Russell's like, yeah, what'd you do? Stop for a coffee and a Danish? And very cleverly, Stallone's like, I hate Danish. And yeah. it wasn't until I, I started looking into that and I was like, oh, Bridget Nielsen, <laughs> she was a Danish mom. Danish. <laughs> That's yeah. very clever there, Sly. Yeah, it's like, man, what's up with the fucking just lobbing grenades out of nowhere? Like, yes, like, man. Fuck. It's like, he's just like, I'm going to take out whatever I want on whoever I want, you know? Right. I hope the next movie she was in, she's like, I hate men who are under 5'5". Five five. Yes. Some shit like that. <laughs> Get hers back in. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Nielsen. You're listening to Children of the Addams. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> uh, we're back. Again. Yes. This should be a fun one. This one. This yes. This is a... Uh, it's a movie like I think we've mentioned off the cuff more than once, just in in all, everything else we've watched, starring the two stars of of, uh, of today's movie. We're doing uh, from 1989, Tango and Cash, starring Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. So the the so, summer of Stallone continues and maybe even winds up. I don't know. We'll see how much more uh, diving we want to do into his catalog. But I got to say, as far as his movies go. This is up there personally, like before we even decided to watch it, like it ranked amongst my favorites for both Kurt Russell and Stallone. How about you? I have to agree with you. It's it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. It's 80s. It's it's every cliche you can think of. Yeah, it it it's it's, it's like. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm almost hey, when you say every 80s cliche, like they hit everyone. I guess I didn't realize like how how well they hit every, but everyone is represented full. Like the only thing that was missing was uh, captains who disliked their, their wild antics. Like both their captains seem pretty, pretty in their corners. Good call. Yes. Men. Yeah. The yeah. angry captain is not there. I, I agree with you on that, right. but, but yeah, they squeeze one thing, everything else into this movie though. That's, I mean, they, they try to get, you know, the, the damsel in distress, you know, the, the, the buddy like cop partner. Hatcher. Yes. Yep. The, the, the evil, you know, chewing up the scene villain. They've got it all. It's Jack Palance, and he's, I, <laughs> I've had a, he has a special place in my heart because, you know, because of some of the movies he's done. He's always, he's one of those actors to where as soon as you see him, you know exactly how he's going to deliver his lines because there's no variation in, in his delivery whatsoever. He's always the same guy. It's always whispery and gritty and, and tough and wheezy. <laughs> yeah, pretty wheezy. I mean, whether it's you know Curly from City Slickers, uh, Grissom from Batman, or you know I I know him from classic films. He he did a lot of like cowboy films and stuff like that. But if you know like the movie Shane, it's a very good western. Oh, the yeah. John Wayne movie, right? Uh, not John Wayne, no. Um, that was a John Wayne? No, no. Very very early 1950s, you know, Shane. It's it's a very classic. I the names Alan are escaping Ladd, me. Gene Arthur. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Got it. Yes. But that's one of one of his earlier roles in that one. He plays a a villain. Yeah, surprisingly enough, he plays a villain in that one too. Wow. But yeah, Jack Palance goes back a ways, but you're right. He he's always like just that and just that that breathing like you know it's jack Palance. Yeah. it's just you can't like he mistake plays him. menacing very well like i'm seeing younger pictures of him i'd never seen him like as not like an old guy basically god damn dude he was very menacing looking in his younger always days. man he's he's got like that leathery face man like yeah like he 
you, you believe he really was a cowboy in the old west yeah. you know like he could really yeah. strike a match on the side of his face and and, and oh, smoke dude, for sure yeah like i definitely buy him as a tough guy yes 100 like, percent. Sure. there's no convince me on that whatsoever yeah yeah absolutely uh, but one movie I see him a lot of, uh, The Outlaw Gore. Mystery Science Theater did that, and he was the villain in that one. I don't oh, know if you've ever that's seen that right. One. It's the, uh, yes. It's the Italian kind of Conan of the world knockoff. Yes. Oh, boy. Another classic. His performance in that is a particular highlight. It's hilarious <laughs> on its own. I, I completely forgot about his role in that. Wow, that's, that's crazy. His outfits in that movie really sell it too. But before that, uh, I think the first movie I might have seen him in actually for me might have been uh, Young Guns. Oh yes, he plays Murphy, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Murphy Lawrence gang. Murphy. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's, I completely <laughs> forgot about that one too. That's it. I love that movie. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I think like cowboy movies like they were always they were popular like when like when when our parents were yes. were coming up you know what I mean so by default like we're aware of a lot of these fucking movies and I, I never really I never really got them to be honest like the old the old cowboy movies I just I didn't get it so like the really the cowboy movies that like I, I guess like appeal to me like Young Guns like this one was uh was pretty good then as I got older you know we obviously got uh got Tombstone got Earp you know and shit like that but I really like I never got a lot of the old ones like you know you're mentioning maybe like Jack Palance might have been in, but Young Guns for me was the first like I guess my generation's <laughs> fucking intro. You're like, here's your cowboy movie, kids. Here yeah, I, I think I would agree with you on that because I never, even as a kid, like I remember watching like TBS and like shows like Gunsmoke or, right, uh, you know those things. Like I, they never interest me. Like I was like, I can't watch this. I will watch like the Munsters or the Adams yeah. Family, any of those old shows from the '60s. But man, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't get into the westerns. It wasn't until I got m- older. It was definitely in the 90s and later when I started appreciating, <laughs> you know, the spaghetti western, Sergio Leone, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood type of things. Shane, as right. I said, you know, you go back and you watch some of those classic movies and you really enjoy them. But, yeah, growing up, I was the same way. I just I didn't relate to westerns until, yeah, Young Guns came along. I remember seeing that on VHS and then I actually went to go see mm-hmm. Young Guns 2 in the theaters. Oh, yeah. Because I love the series so John much. John Bowie was in it. It was a big deal. That's right. <laughs> Got killed the first five minutes. <laughs> it's classic, though. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Man. Oh, man. So, anyway, uh, quick dive off of Jack Palance. Like, he's, a, he's a villain in Tango and Cash. And as far as this movie goes, like, this, the plot itself, I, I really enjoyed because it's, it's a buddy cop movie, but it's not a buddy cop. It, it's an approach we hadn't yet really seen. I guess where it's a uh, two <laughs> cops like from LA, like one from Beverly Hills, the other one from downtown LA. They're both uh, they're both the best essentially, and they're aware of each other. And like we know this because in the first few minutes of the movie, we get an intro to both cops. We start with Stallone's uh, Ray Tango as he's he's taken down uh, some drug smugglers in a very in a, in a way I don't think we've yet at that point had seen Stallone. Like he's wearing like Armani suits. He's very, you know, uh, very put, well put together. He's not shirtless and, and oily and screaming and shit. Like, you know what I mean? It, he's very non-Rambo. So much so to the point that during, <laughs> during the very scene, after he successfully takes down the, the drug runners who are in a big semi-truck and it's Robert Zadar, so there's a, another face that you're going to 
you're going to see it recognized. Like, I know that fucking shit anywhere. Yeah. Let, uh, me, let me ask you this, because I, not until this watching that I think I put this together. So uh-huh. Robert Zadar, when he gets, like, he's in that truck, he's the same yeah. guy that's in the prison, right? That they have a fight with later? Yep. Yeah, I, yep. To this day, like, I had never put that together <laughs> until I went back and watched oh, no, these scenes. I was like, I was like, okay, it makes sense why he's pissed off at this guy. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's like, why is this big guy just yelling at poor little Stallone like that? Yeah, uh, but but yeah. apparently, like during this truck, is this where he broke the jaw and? Yeah, like he, he comes fly like uh, Stallone is, is he's in a very fancy tiny little car and he gets ahead of the speed semi truck and he empties his his little handheld gun and puts in. I, I, I'm not a gun guy, so I don't know if this is a thing, but it, he it's like he puts in bigger bullets like into this little <laughs> Which gun to take out this truck. You can't do like he he has a right. That's my question. Like, is that possible yeah. or is that like some? Some fucking, you know, it's a, some executive decision and crawl into the jet belly kind of shit. Yeah, because I couldn't figure it out. I didn't, I didn't know because I, to this day, like, I watched it on TV and I was like, was he was he emptying it out with, like, the bullets spent and he was just like, okay, I got to put a fresh batch in? Or was, yeah, was he replacing the, the regular bullets with some kind of, like, special high-octane bullet or something? I don't right. know. It doesn't That's how I sense. understood it is that is he just got out of his car, he parked it, he dumps six six good bullies out and loads them with, with bigger ones, kind of like Eddie Valiant in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> fucking when he went to Toontown. And he just proceeds to take out this truck and that's when Robert Zadar's character goes flying out and he lands on his face and breaks his jaw. But then uh, during this next scene, as the local PD are kind of flipping Ray Tango shit because he's out of his jurisdiction, it's the chips. Yeah, it's always out of, you know, out of the, the jurisdiction, man. Always. Out of his jurisdiction, always, yeah. Uh, he's trying to, they're trying to prove that he doesn't really talk about there's no drugs in the truck and things like that and at some point one of the cops goes who do you think you are another cop goes he (laughs) thinks he's rambo to which sylvester stallone replies rambo is a pussy and then he shoots the truck and proves there's guns in there but how do you think he had much problem saying that no he probably wrote the line he's like he's like "Ah, this is so he actually did so self-referential that he's like oh this is gonna be so funny See, to me, that struck as a bit of an ego thing where he'd be like, I'm not fucking saying that. They're like, what about $5 million? He's like, okay, I'll say it. You're yeah, I, I think Stallone like can laugh now about like a lot of the roles he had. I mean, especially Rambo. I mean, Rambo was a success for him anyway. Yeah. It made him who he was. So, yeah, yeah he can laugh like about it. my pool, asshole, yeah. yeah. Say whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I was very surprised by that. I was like, damn, that is... Holy shit. Yeah, I never thought about that. I always just thought it was like, ha, ha, ha. It's like, I'm being self-referential. That's that's very clever. Ha, ha. Right. But, you know. <laughs> like, besides Van Damme and Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. A lot of these guys don't really make fun of themselves too well. Like, you're not going to see The Rock ever make a joke like that in any of anything well, he's ever Well, yeah. Had. Like, I would say The Rock's kind of the exception there. But everybody else that you kind of name off are like people who aren't just like have the Stallone money anymore. You know, they're not, they're yeah, not okay. known anymore. You know, right. The Rock might be different. Rock's gonna have a shit ton of money, but he's just got such an ego; like he will never yeah. let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so after we we meet Tango, uh, a large limousine drives by with the windows down, mind you, and Jack Palace yes. is, is just openly feet away from Stallone. Like he could reach out and touch Stallone as his this limo, stretch limousine, white stretch limousine, not an inconspicuous vehicle, is slow driving past the crime scene. And the window's down, it's Jack Palance, and then it's two other bad guys who we later learn. Each one heads the respective territory of where Tango and Cash uh, sheriff. You know, I have to point out, too, that while they're driving by, like... 
pounds of drugs are just falling onto oh, yeah. the street. You know, this spilling this out is evidence. Road. You know, blowing around. You know, everybody else is gonna get high or shit. I mean, it's just nuts, man. Yeah. Oh, that's another movie trope they hit in this one too. Is that. Uh, they tested the drugs by Stallone yes. putting pinky into it and licking it. <laughs> yes. Like, I always wonder if that was a real thing, like, in the 80s. No. Where, like, real cops did that or something. Because no, every I mean, movie does if that. If they did, they probably weren't cops for very long. You know what I mean? <laughs> they developed some issues. Or they might have been cops for a while. <laughs> yeah, either way, yeah. Something, something struck. Yeah. Struck yeah, there might be a reason why they, uh, you know, turned heel all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. I want to say, like, I read somewhere they... they they always used like the little shaker kits because they never know if like it was poisoned by something like you know if, if a cop happened to discover the drugs and maybe mm. did a lick test you know kind of thing. But I don't know. Okay, it could okay. just be like a Reddit thing. Who knows? I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go back and watch Cocaine Cowboys one day just to see if they address <laughs> that. Yeah, they ever show how they do it. I, don't know. <laughs> I need a blows any indication. That's exactly how they did it. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so. I mean, as far as TV has told me, that's the way they do it. So that's the way it's done. Yep. So uh, we then uh, flash cut to uh, what? What's his first name? This one, Kurt uh, Kurt Russell's Cash. What? Gabe, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Cash. Cash. Yes. Yeah. Who, Gabriel Cash. Well, interestingly enough, I'll, I'll point to one of these side notes out there. I don't yeah. know if you knew this, but uh, uh-uh. do you know who was up for this role before Kurt Russell? No. Oh, you're not going to believe it. Uh, Mr. Roadhouse himself, Patrick Swayze. <gasps> wow. Could you see that happening? I mean, that's nuts. Oh, I could. It's absolutely insane to think about that because I, I I don't know if I would like that movie any better. I, I think that Kurt Russell is, as it turns out, is kind of made for this role. But boy, oh, it would. Hands down for sure. It would still be very interesting to see old Patrick in that thing. You got to figure that final fight scene between uh, Rafik and Gabe would have been a lot different. Oh yeah, a lot more spin kicking if fucking if uh, Swayze had nabbed this one. That, Damn, that is universe. very true. Because yeah, you're paying attention somehow. Zap us a copy of that shit. I want to want to check that out for sure. Because you know Stallone's stunt double was definitely throwing some kicks and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man, damn it, sweet man. We could have gotten roundhouse, fucking roadhouse in this. Yeah, because I mean, on the twist side of that, there, uh, you know, Russell was actually going to be considered to be Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Before this, I'm not lying. Yeah, that's at least that's what's online. So it's it's just so weird to think about that. Like, you know, we we you know we're always watching like Marvel and the multiverse and stuff. You wonder if like there's another yeah. universe, one of the infinite numbers out there that that's happening. You know, Kurt Russell is Martin Riggs. Dude, I would fucking love to see that. Oh my god, that would be terrific. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh wow! I mean, all these movies came out around the same time. They're all late eighties, eighty seven, eighty yeah. eighty nine. I mean, it's just oh, could have been good. Oh man, boy! I'm just I'm 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 literally just daydreaming about that now. Kurt Russell's Martin Riggs. That'd be fucking terrific. yeah. I just want to find the screen test one day. Just see him reading some lines. It'd be great. Oh man, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Now I'm just fucking. I'm my concentration's completely blown. Now I'm just focusing on. Yeah. That. Now you're gonna be living in a world where you're just walking around wishing that Kurt Russell was Martin Riggs. Played Martin Riggs. I know. It's like we're this close. Just this close. Uh. So, so we, we meet Gabe Cash, and we go to his apartment right off the bat. It's very clear that he it, – it's a it's an odd couple kind of situation with these guys to where Gabe's very freewheeling. You know, he's uh, 
kind of a like a slob. You're very much you know, a he's, slob. He's like, yeah, he's he's a, a really fun kind of guy. Whereas Tango's like you know the, the prim and proper kind of kind of put together guy. So uh, after an assassination attempt on, on his life, uh, we catch up with Gabe at the at the police department, and there's already a little bit of intrigue being laid in to where he. Uh, he notices, like he just leaves his gun in his in his desk, yeah. unlocked desk drawer. By <laughs> yeah, that, that's a which real I smart think thing. Is probably completely the way they do things. Yes. And he picks up his gun, and he can tell right away somebody messed with his gun because the sights were off. And he just kind of asks, like, "Who messed with my gun?" And then he just like, "Ah, forget about it." And then he just kind of lets it go. Once again, if you know anything about guns, it's not that easy to shift sights like that. Like generally, you have to have somebody will do that stuff for you if it's ever needed. But uh-huh. I digress. <laughs> That's nothing you could do, just like you know. I mean, I guess you could you could hit it really hard with a camera, but here's here's what I don't understand. Well, and and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit here, but the gun was pulled out and somebody was fucking with it, Uh put back into his locker, yep, and then and then for some reason the gun is stolen again. Yes, I I, I'm trying to figure. Maybe we'll talk about it when we get to the point here. When we get to that, I. Because I'm That's all exactly confused. the way I understand it. Okay, but the real question is why. But we'll we'll talk about that here shortly. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So uh, we get to the point to where uh, Gabe is interrogating the the would be assassin, and he gives him a lead on on somewhere to go for for a drug bust. And it's at this drug bust that uh, that Tango and Cash actually smash right into one another. Like they're they're both there investigating, and, and Tango's like, "This has my, been my case for months." And I've been on these guys kind of thing. You got to get out of here. And Cash is like, I've been on it for, you, for a few hours and I'm, I'm already caught up. So we're doing this thing. And as it turns out, this whole thing is just one giant setup. Like they get there. there there's a dead there's a dead uh, government official there. And like the cops come pouring in. And, you know, it's it, like they're both just uh, aghast. <laughs> like they're both shocked. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And it, it just goes right to a trial. Like, And this is all within like a few minutes. Like this movie yeah. moves at such an efficient pace. There's, like there's no drag in this whatsoever. There's a lot of stuff in this movie and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to each one of them, but there's a lot of stuff in this film that like strains credibility and, and you know, you just kind of got to go with it. Cause yes, yeah, like you said, you're arrested and you're arraigned like the next day, which, okay, Instantly. you can yep. be arraigned within, within 24 hours. That's fine. But you know, it doesn't go to trial. I mean, there has to be, you know, discovery and, you know, lots of different motions and they, they actually got to yep. hire an attorney and all that shit. I mean, maybe maybe it did take some time because, as we learn, uh, the gentleman in the truck, he did break his jaw, ends up in prison and doesn't have a broken jaw anymore when he's in prison. So So maybe it was a few months. So maybe a few months went by. I don't know. Excellent point. But it's it's pretty ridiculous thus far because, yeah, yeah, the setup is. So so the the setup is that Jack Palance's character, who is uh, is talking to his, his two underlings. Uh, played by James Hong. So good. And, uh, so and, good. I love James and Hong. Alima, yeah. And, and the fact that James Hong and Kurt Russell have no interaction in this movie is a fucking travesty. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't know how especially they don't because, have any screen time. Uh, especially because, like, that's, you know, uh, the guy he played, Quan, like, he was the, he was the, his territory was Gabe Cash's territory. So we know they interacted off screen. They had to have, like, if he was like, this is the one I always rooting out my plans. Like, it's this guy. Like, so there was... I don't know. It, it felt like a missed opportunity for a, a nice big trouble little. Oh, China. very much so. A little bit. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you if you know Kurt Russell, I mean, anybody will will say, yeah, I know him for the thing and Big Trouble in Little China. Like, no disrespect yeah. to this movie, but right. those movies will eclipse that as far as Kurt Russell is concerned. 
So yeah, and arguably James Hong too. Like you know, oh he, James, he's yeah. going to be always be known as Low Pan for Big Trouble. Yeah, it's either that sure. or you know I just remember him showing up in uh, The Golden Child. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, like I know him as Low Pan, and that's it, really. I mean, and it's like famously because he's so good in that film too, just so, so entertaining. Ventilators two. Oh, as, that's uh, right. He was snotty. yes. Yeah, he's Kung Fu Panda's dad. That uh, is right. Everything ever, all at once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you ever, like, he could do, like, like he's lived on voiceover work. Anything, yeah, yeah anything where it's, like, got to be an Asian person, a mystic Asian. Like, yeah, he's he's the one you call for it. Yeah, he's terrific. And I think he's still alive, too, isn't he? He's, like, in his 90s. Yeah, for sure. I think he, didn't he set some kind of a Guinness record for having the most movie roles ever? I, I don't know. I hope so, if that's true. I think that actually might be him, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm making that one up. Fabulous actor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so I so Jack Palance's character is the one uh, he in his office. He's got this rat maze, and he's got these two like are, are they both are they both white rats? They're both white white, white rats, I believe. So yes, okay. <laughs> or albino rats, rather. Yeah. Uh, so he puts him in this maze, and he's talking about how you get that he's setting up, he's playing an intricate a very uh, intricate game with Tango and Cash, and he's leading them in a, all around in a maze until they're on untimely doom. Essentially, like he's. Very arch in all his scenes, Mr. Jack Palance. So uh, during the trial and things like that, we pick up on the fact very easily, and we're also shown it as well from Brian Johnson's character who works for uh, for Jack Palance, is that uh, he's uh, he's supposed to be English, Brian James's character, <laughs> Rakeen, in this one. And it's his accent is, you know, it's... It's awful. It's not great. But his it's... character, uh, he's... He's got long, or long-ish, quote, red hair, and it's very, it's got a nice little pony up in the back. Well, his character is in the background, like he's influencing all the witnesses and experts who are going to be testifying. Like he had someone falsify uh, the confession tape they had. He had an, another cop just outright lie. He had someone else plant the gun. I mean, so they're they're doing what they got to do to to get Tango and Cash. Like their whole goal is, is to get them out of commission, but they don't want to kill them because it would make them martyrs, essentially. So they have to make them seem like they're bad cops to sully the reputations, and that's the whole point of uh, of the movie so far. So talking about Brian James, like this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, apparently, when this this script was put forward, this character uh, Rakeen only had like two lines in this thing, but to help him spice it up a little bit. It was Brian James' suggestion that he do this in this English Cockney accent. And apparently Stallone liked it so much that he increased the amount of lines this guy had, gave him bigger roles in this film. So, hey, lesson to anybody out there, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to take a chance and go some, do something right off the wall and it'll, uh, you know, at least get you a few more lines in a film. Dude, it's wild that because he talks a lot in this fucking movie, like he is in this movie, like a ton. It might be his biggest role. You know what I mean for Brian James? Yeah, I mean I know him. Like he always shows up as a bit player in a lot of movies, so I know him from like Forty Eight Hours, uh, Armed and Dangerous, uh, Red Heat. Yeah, Red Heat. Yeah, he just shows up in random films, but he's never. Yeah. He's not a leading man. I mean, with a face like that, you just you're not going to be a leading man, but. Like, he, yeah. he can always play a heavy. Like, he's really good at that. Played a lot of goons. Yes, always. Like, he's always mm-hmm. in that role. And I, I know that there's probably, like... And he's a, good at, at playing bad guys, too. Like, he's really convincing at being a bad guy. Well, I mean... Like, he's good at Like it. I said, look at his face. I mean... Yeah. He does play a good guy in The Fifth Element. I, I did forget about that and not... Oh, he's the president, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But... I think the first thing I saw him in was uh, Enemy Mine. 
Oh my uh, God! Dennis Quaid and Luke Gossett Jr. He, God, he was in that remember film. That I remember that movie. I don't not remember yeah, him being was, in that uh, film. He was he was one of the the the, the guys enslaving the uh, the the alien people on that planet. Okay, makes makes sense. Once again, a villain, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. He kidnapped uh, Davidges and uh, and Jerry's kid. Wow, I, he had to go that's see. that's a pretty good yeah. callback. I do not remember. I really enjoyed Enemy Mine as a kid. It was. Like a terrific movie. I, I do Twisted like that movie too. Bomb. Like, yeah, oh, it's shit. it's a pretty terrible movie, but I I liked it as a it kid is. too. Yeah, I know. It was interesting to me. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it I I'm with you. Like, I I would go back and watch it again, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, uh, you know. If it shows some, if it shows up somewhere, I'm already paying for it. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm not gonna go out of my yeah, I, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I wouldn't go ahead and seek it out. I certainly probably wouldn't pay for it. But yeah, if, right. it, if it was on streaming that I and that I've already paid for, yeah, I, I right. might like like watch just for a minute just to kind of get caught up on a little Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I uh, so fast forward and the trial is not going well for for our heroes whatsoever. Uh, it looks like they're definitely be going to prison. So they decide to essentially cut a deal. Uh, they're going to plead no contest to lesser charges, and they're going to go to a minimum security prison kind of thing. And like, that's uh, that's where we're left. Well, uh, they never make it to the minimum security prison, and instead they are transferred to a maximum security prison just somewhere in California, as as I understood it. Okay. Um, Right? Is, is that what, ha- yeah. what happened? Let, like they were on their way to minimum security and they got taken off the bus to a maximum Yeah, one? I got a question for you here, though. Okay, this is this is okay. one of those things that just doesn't make sense. I guess I just have to roll with it. But, <laughs> right, yeah, okay, yeah. so they, they, they get set up and they go before the judge and yes, they yeah. cop a deal. We're pleading guilty to manslaughter, mm-hmm. and which I think is a hell of a deal if you're just going to get 18 months at a minimum security prison for manslaughter. That's pretty good. But then it's like, we cut back to Jack Palance and his goons, right? And they're like, they're like, oh, forgive me for asking this question, but what happens after 18 months when they get out? Like, do these guys believe that like once 18 months is out, they're gonna go back to being cops and right, <laughs> and just right, like nothing happened? Yeah, it was just a little bump in the road, little legal bump, but yeah, we're we're back enforcing the laws. It's like. I don't get it why the game has to continue unless... Well, it would have been the early 90s when they got out of prison. They would have just become essentially uh, private eyes. Yeah, d- good call. Yes, I guess that is that is the rules of Hollywood, right? So. Yeah, they'd be beach cops, you know what I mean? It'd be a whole thing. Good point. Yeah, that answers my question. <laughs> That's why it was 18 months. Tango and Cash would open up the Tango and Cash detective yeah, agency. Yeah, the detective agency. And, <laughs> yeah, Catherine's the... The secretary. Yeah, the she's the secretary. And the yep, and then they're out there still busting drug dealers, just bringing down yep. the man. Yeah, very moonlighting. <laughs> good call. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I, that's why I go to you for the answers, man. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's at this new prison. Like, there's no. I'm not sure, like, if why this scene was really necessary. Like, I. <laughs> I would like to amend my previous statement. It was like, there's not much filler in this movie. There's a little bit of filler <laughs> yes. at one point. Because <laughs> after they get to their maximum security prison, uh, both Stallone and Russell both strip down to their bare ass. Like, and they, they're both flashing cheeks. Uh, and they have a, a very extended shower scene together where they're, they're actively just showering off, talking at full volume about how everyone around them set them up. Like, you know what I mean? They don't care if the guards yeah, around them, nothing. Like, they're just this they're is, actively solving this crime out loud with one another. Yeah, this like, is, public. like, 
shows off like some of the best parts about this, and I'm not talking about their ass. But the best part of this movie is the chemistry between uh, yes. Stallone and Kurt Russell. Like these guys, terrific they just play off each other so well, and they just like yeah. one will throw a jab at one, and the like. Like, not missing a beat. You know, these aren't comedians. These guys just, like, throw it back and forth. Like, you you really feel like, yeah, this almost isn't scripted. They're just, like, kind of going at it like two guys, two right. really egotistical people would. Like, they really play just it off. Just talking a little bit of shit. Yeah, yeah. so you, you get that in the shower scene, and, it, and it's it's also supposed to build a little bit of the plot and say, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we've been set up now. Now the, we're in Act 2, and we're trying to figure out what happened? We got to figure out how we're going to get out of here, and and who are we going to go after in, in the denouement here? Right. So, yeah. And luckily, uh, that answer is solved almost immediately on their very first night in prison. Uh, after okay, let's back up real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, address, I, I, address the elephant in the room here too. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's at the, the superstar of Clint of this, this Clint Howard being in this yes. Movie. Like, how is Clint Howard in this film? Like, I looked at it, I couldn't find nothing about Ron Howard being attached to this film, and I know Clint yeah. Howard doesn't work unless Ron Howard, you know, is involved somewhere. Unless ice cream man well, like, level. Like, good point. Good point. point. Yeah. But I think I think he just like needed like rent money for one month, and he said, right. "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah. He plays a uh, he plays Sylvester Stallone's cellmate in this movie, and you know they have a they have a bit of a terse relationship. At first, but yes. they, they get along just fine later on. Yeah, they have an understanding. <laughs> they they come to an agreement. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> his name is Slinky, I guess, in the film, right? Yeah. So is that it? We, did he kill someone with the slinky? I, or is, is that just his prison thing? I think that's his prison thing, which, again, I don't know if they would let you have a slinky in prison. It seems like that could be fashioned into a pretty effective weapon. But I would think. you know, But maybe because Ron Howard's you know, not very intimidating. They're like, it's okay. You can have it. Yeah. Like, there's a, but there's so much in this prison that like strains credibility. Like, there's... Oh yeah, they're walking into the general population area of prison, and they're just like, "There's fires going around the place." And People are actively setting prison fires, like they're raining down flaming toilet paper. While, on top of while guys, the guards are walking with them too. too. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing about it was they were saying like they don't put cops to general population, and the very first thing they end up, what do you know, general population. Yes. And every prisoner there is aware that these two are cops, and not only that, they've put away a lot of these guys because they're they're calling them out by name, saying what they're gonna do to them. Yeah, and one one guy is pretty graphic about it, how he's gonna put some brown oh, sugar yeah. in his ass. Yeah, I understood it right away. With yeah, him, I was like, Jesus, this is, this is gonna be a rough. Rough night, fellas. Yeah, as a, as a younger kid, when I watched this, I don't think I ever got that. When I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, my God. Right. Or do you do you remember there being that many boobs in this movie the first time you saw it as a kid? Yeah, I don't get that either, but I guess it was an 80s, I don't it's an 80s action film. Like, it has to have obligatory titty shots all the time. But there were two different occasions, man. Like, you know, I get one. Like, you know, look at Commando. Like, there was just the one, you know what I mean? But there were two. There were two different uh, – there was one in the first act and one – you like, know, fucking yeah. deep in it, like two and three quarters. Like the first, yeah, the first act, like they're two people just going at it in a car in a parking garage. I mean, I don't. During a random car chase, yeah, yeah they're just, they look up like, what's going on? Very strange. I just, you know, it's, but I get, like I said, it's the 80s and you just had to put that in there. It's another cliche of the 80s action film. It's got to be there. Yeah, man. It's absolutely got to be there. So, the, so uh, anyway, they're, uh, their first night in prison, they literally both just lay their heads on their pillow ever so gently like and i don't know how they're gonna 
have a, a good night's sleep where they are, but it looks like they're going to try. Yeah. And almost instantly, they are just fell upon by just dozens of large individuals who beat them senseless and stuff them both in sacks and drag them to some unknown labyrinth. The laundry the room. <laughs> what, oh, is that what that's yeah, supposed it's, to be? it's the laundry room. Jesus they, they toss them down it the lo- laundry chute. It looks like the lower decks of, enter- of the Enterprise. You know what I mean? Yes. It's fucking massive. There's steam girders everywhere. Yeah, you, like, almost, you almost expect to see Freddy Krueger in the back there, you know? <laughs> Dude, fucking A. Yes, you Because <laughs> there's yeah. like chains and steam and mm-hmm. shit blowing around. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it, it's a pretty like uh, Lionheart Van Damme level uh, fight coming up. Because uh, both our guys, like they take on the entire prison. And they're both being very successful. Like, they kind of take the fight different directions, and each one is kicking individual ass. And then they're cornered against one another, and then the entire prison just jumps up on them. So, Uh, yeah. Cut forward a couple of minutes. They're both literally strung up, uh, hanging over uh, tubs of water, basically. And at this point, uh, Brian James is Rakeen, who is not a prisoner, and Jack Palance is, uh, as yet to be named bad guy, both saunter in from the shadows into this fucking prison where like there's no guards around like there's dozens of prisoners just out like it's yes. roaming like the, so, it's just it, it's a it's a wild concept for a movie but i mean you know given like you said it's the 80s you let a lot of stuff here's go. my problem yeah i have a so, i have a lot of problems with that scene like that because i was like yeah number one when they pull in tango out like tango like kicks the guy in the face and he falls over the railing and, and basically just kills dies the guy, kill. but like yeah railing it seems like sure. like this is this prison is like the Wild West. Like nobody oversees anything going on there. And a little bit later, we'll get even a more crazy shit that happens in this prison. But I mean, yeah, yeah. like what kind of prison just allows like prisoners to be let out and just do what the fuck they want in the prison? And you know, like none of these prisons have anything else to do. Like they like when they're let out, they're like, oh, I'm not going to try to escape or riot or try to just kill the guards. No, I'm just going to go ahead and just beat up on another, you know, prisoner. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense, but like you said, you got to go with it. They have a very strict code that we're not meant to understand. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a rough prison, but they're these guys are pretty disciplined. Yeah, they have rules. <sighs> uh, so uh, Jack Palance and Rakeen, they, they, they both show up, and they, they want to lead the torture. Like, we get the sense that they're definitely going to be killing Tego and Cash right here, but they're going to make it last quite a while. Uh, so they string them both up, and in a scene that, to this day, I, I still don't know how to feel, Brian James' Rakeen literally rips a giant power cable out yes. of a cement wall with his bare hands, yes. mind you. It makes they're, no they're, sense. Their, their whole goal is to then use this fucking, I'm guessing, 220, <laughs> just coursing through this fucking line what? to playfully shock Tango and Cash to death. Once again. But they're going to do it one at a time. Like, they're they're hanging over pools of, of water like their french fries getting be, you know, lowered into the vat and... You know, they're both kind of saying their goodbyes to one another, asking about family. How does the know, circuit breakers like not like, blow in this prison, man? They're just like I have so many questions. They're yeah, just, it's, they're just you know, juicing I mean, them, man. It's, let's move on. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I don't want to tell Jack Palace his character like you're getting me out of here, old man. Or I'm gonna fucking get you. You're nothing like that. Uh, There's a lot of things. It's just um, nuts, man. So as a uh, yeah, it is pretty wild. And uh, mind you, too, Robert Zadar's, Zadar's character shows back up during this point too, because he he's gonna take every ounce of uh, of. Uh, I guess Aspen kicking out of uh, Stallone yeah. that he can get. Uh, but he ends up being pretty ineffectual uh, in the whole big prison fight as a whole. They kind of save him for later on in the movie. Yeah. So as uh, as Tango and Cash are being uh, rotationally electrocuted, uh, somehow a good SWAT team just comes piling in. Right. Uh, and it's only a handful of them, and there are dozens 
of prisoners, and they all flee. They scatter like cockroaches. And there's no and our, investigation and, and, that follows here. None whatsoever. Like, nothing Jack is Collins, done. Literally, he, ste- he takes three steps backwards back into the mist. It just fucking disappears out of the... How did he get... I don't know. Like yeah, they, ex- how did he get out? they explain it off a little bit later that, oh, if you have enough money, you can get anything you want in this prison. I was like... I, a wizard did Like, it. yeah, I, that's, I that's get it. There. I get it if you could, like, yeah, I can sneak some drugs in. I can, you know, get other contraband in. I don't think you right. can buy off half the guard staff and then not have somebody notice, you know? Yeah. Oh, and just, not even that, too. Like, we, we learned that... Uh, that the person who sent the, the the good guards in to save them is the assistant warden. Of the yes, the assistant warden. The assistant warden who happens to be Gabriel Cash's former uh, commanding like, officer, yeah, basically. Yeah. So they have a long-established friendship, you know, and they hug each other and things like that. And that's my question, too. If this guy really is like a retired, high-ranking police officer, and he's now the lieutenant warden. Is he really that ineffectual as a... As a like a vice warden, he can't clean up the prison. Yeah, I. It makes no <laughs> sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he's the he's just a warden. Like he knows things are going on in his jail. Right. He just walked yeah. in on the whole thing. He knows what's happening on a potential double murder, and he's like, yeah, yeah he do? doesn't lock the place down. <laughs> It's, no. Yeah, it's just, it strains credibility here. And then at the end of the yeah. day, he's like, yeah, you know, you have one option. You can escape from a prison that I help run, you know? <laughs> right. It, okay, it, it, here lies my, it, it, I, this question just hit me today. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times as both a, a kid and an adult. Uh, when the the vice warden or whatever he is, uh, Matt, uh, you know, Sikowski, the assistant warden, when he realizes that Tango and Cash are there, why was his first call not to the prison system to be like, hey, I got these two guys here. Come and get them. You can take your minimum security prison. It's a big mistake. Right? I don't know. Yeah, like, Why yeah. is that not the first thing? Like, but their first plan is like escape and they're like, fuck yeah. Because, yeah, we, you know I mean? yeah, <laughs> man, I, I've never put that together that it's amazing because, yeah, like earlier in the film, like you got the two police captains there together like, oh, I can't figure out where they went. Yeah, both police captains of Tango oh Cash are actively investigating their disappearance. They can't find these guys yet, and their first thought wasn't like, hey, we should call somebody. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, why Why Matt doesn't pick up the phone and say, okay, I, I totally believe you were set up. Why are you here? Right. <laughs> yeah, because, right. like, he obviously would have no record of it. There. Right, yeah. It, oh, Jesus. It, wow. <laughs> It literally just hit me down. I was like, oh, Yeah, fuck, and even man. that guy's brightest idea is, hey, just escape and become escape. fugitives. Yeah, and not even escape. Like, it's a pretty elaborate escape plan, yes. too. Like, even by prison. Standard. Like, they're not making masks and, and, and smuggling out dirt in their shoes or anything. But, I mean, you know, they have to do, like, some great escape level kind of shit. Yeah, he's got to get on to garbage duty. Then yep. sneak across the quad and not get seen with all the cameras around yep. there. Climb yep. up a tower. Yes. And then, oh, oh yeah, he's got to go through a moving fan. The fan will be shut off for yep. him. And then somehow he'll go be able Leak. to climb, uh, I don't know what they call this kind of shaft. And then just, and then like, what? He's outside the walls? I, I don't know. I don't get it. No, it, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then he was supposed to be outside the walls, basically, right? But then they got, you know, uh, it, it, after Matt Sikowski recommended to them to escape, Gabriel Cash is instantly on board. And Tango is like, that doesn't sound like a great yeah, idea. Yeah, wisely. So. <laughs> Yeah, which is probably a pretty good. He's like, I don't trust Sikowski. He's like, well, it's, you know, uh, Gabe is trying to convince him, like, you could trust him. That, you know, Tingo's got a, got a, kind of got a point because it took a couple of crooked cops to help them get to where they yes. are. So, you know, maybe trust this guy isn't the greatest idea. 
so during the escape, obviously, uh, it all goes wrong. Uh, Matt Sikowski's, uh, poor Matt Sikowski's body is then dumped essentially into Gabe's uh, path. Once, as he's once to again, escape. the assistant warden is murdered in your murdered. prison system. <laughs> And yep. like, and there's guards just all with it because they're the like the guards are following another prisoner down. The, the bat, yeah, they're following Robert Zdar's character who is now leading the charge. Yes. Like so much so he's a prisoner. He's leading a team of guards, <laughs> but they also give him control of the dog. Yes, it makes no sense, man. I know, dude. This movie's so fucking wild, man. They're just nothing but coke, just flying yes. around the writers' room at this point, man. There's no way. Yeah, I can't can't imagine why the first director got replaced at the end of this thing. He was burned out. He had to go fucking take a No, down, he's the one who's like, I want to have a more serious edge to this thing. Are you serious? Yes. Like, he wanted the ending to be really? a little more serious and stuff like that. Yeah, they replaced him, like, towards the end of the filming. It was crazy. How serious did he want the ending to be? Well, I mean, not completely serious, but he wanted a little more serious than what you got in this thing. I mean, this is like, oh. this thing just jumps off the rails as you get, as oh, you go man, further into this thing. It gets wild as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, man, it does. So... <laughs> Uh, so during the escape, uh, Tango then comes to Cash's uh, to Cash's aid. Which once again, how does he do that together. too? How does he get out of a cell? How does he catch up and get ahead of him and come back to where uh, Cash is trapped? A good question. Well, I, don't know. I guess every other prisoner can just come and come and go in their cell in this prison. Right, so yeah. yeah, why can't Tango? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, so during the escape, the, the part of their escape is, is foiled. Or uh, no, the, like the, the last part of the plan, like the plan was always was like they had to then. Zip line over, uh, or on electrical lines, mind you, in uh, <laughs> a pretty bad like torrential rain. Yes, there's lightning and shit. Like it's nothing but pouring rain coming down them. They get to zip across these uh, these power lines with a belt. And the by whole, the way, no, not a. Yeah, that, that's their entire safety gear is that just a leather belt. That 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 somehow yeah line. slides just perfectly down a wire that's not yep. really inclined either. By the way, no, <laughs> it sags in the middle. Yeah, it's pretty level. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. So, so Gabe makes the first daring escape, and he drops in the trees, and, you know, he makes it over the line, and hooray. And as uh, as Tango is going to escape, his escape, his progress is then uh, foiled by Robert Zadar, who is only known as, quote, the face in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he should be called the jaw. Uh, no. He should be the jaw, absolutely. And, and then they have a, a pretty big fight, these two. Like, they, uh, they really kind of go at it. And then... Uh, after Robert Zadar's character is, is summarily disposed of. Which, Tango once again, I don't know how it, he's electrocuted. Like, he falls onto insulated the rules wires. Don't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. So but why didn't Electric Tango cast doing the same wires? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Just ridiculous, man. <laughs> I don't know. At, at one point, too, like, Kurt Russell's character asked Stallone, he's like, you don't know anything about electricity, do it. It's like, I don't think the writers do either, man. They don't know shit about electricity. <laughs> yes. They just go with it. They're like, yeah, yeah. water, electricity. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Right. But, but we do get another classic line here from Stallone here when he when he gets off and he zips down and falls and, and Russell's like, yeah, what'd you do? Stop for a coffee and a Danish? And very cleverly, Stallone's like, I hate Danish. And yeah. it wasn't until I, I started looking into that and I was like, oh, Bridget Nielsen, <laughs> she was a Danish was mom. Danish. <laughs> yes. yeah. Very clever there, Sly. I know. It's like, man, what's up with the fucking just lobbing grenades out of nowhere? Like, yes, like, man. <laughs> it's like, he's just like, I'm going to take out whatever I want on whoever I want, you know? Right. I hope the next movie she was in, she's like, I hate men who are under 5'5". Five five. Yes. <laughs> Some shit like that. <laughs> Get hers back in. Yeah. Guys with speech impediments, I hate them. <laughs> right, yeah, something. 
I hate really handsome millionaires. Take <laughs> yes. that, fucker. Yeah, zing. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's at this point, too, like, they, they... If the one lesson we've learned so far from this movie is that these two work better together, so instantly, <laughs> the moment they escape prison, what do they do? Is they leave one another's company, yes. and they go to try to solve the crime that they're both fucking implicated in, mind you, separately. There's no game plan, too. Together. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand, like, were they just going to go off and just do their own thing, and then maybe they'll run into each other, or was there a plan to, like, hey, you go check out this person, I'll go check out this person. I don't know. If there was a plan of what they did after they escaped, it was never once established at yeah. all. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing that Stallone tells Cash is like, "Hey, if you get if you get into trouble, go find my sister right. at a strip club." Yeah, oh, Jesus which Christ. is like the, the cleanest and brightest I've ever. Oh seen my god, of that nature, yes, ridiculous. It looked just like the double deuce after the, the remodel. <laughs> yes, of the right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if uh, people were taking ideas from each other. Another Miss Swayze, man, damn it! See yeah, right you could oh. like it would have just flown perfectly if that was. It would have been so good. Yeah, yeah. see. Damn it. In another world, man, just passing shifts in the night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So both our heroes, they then go on to start investigating uh, separate parts of the crime, which is lucky. Like, they both don't end up starting investigating the same people because there's there are multiple people involved in this conspiracy, and each one picks a different bad guy to go after. Yeah. So it's as they're going through, essentially, is like they're knocking off, like, you know, this guy here, you know, you ratted us out, and this guy here, you... You fudge the audio and, you know, tell us who did it. And from this point, they then put it together that Rafik is the, uh, is that his name? Rick, Am I Rakeen. pronouncing that right? Rakeen, yeah. Why do I keep saying Rafik? Yeah. <laughs> Rakeen, yeah. played by Brian James with his Cockney accent. How Rakeen is his name and he's supposed to be English? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway, so they, they get put onto him. And it's at this point, too, that, uh, that Kurt Russell's character, he he needs to find Tango because he, he has some evidence that can clear him. He's like, I, I got to find him. So he goes to this club and he's looking for uh, for Catherine. Catherine, yes, Ter- young Terry yeah. Hatcher. Like, yeah, I still remember. Like, I remember Very seeing her, like, her when career. I first saw her in this film. Like, I didn't know who the hell she was, but I was like, man, that girl is hot. Yeah, she was just yeah, yeah absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, she mm-hmm. went on to do a lot of lot of uh, good films going on forward. Oh, and TV shows. And too, TV man. shows, she's that's probably, right. Arguably, she's known for probably what Lois and Clark and Desperate Housewives. The best. Desperate Housewives, I'd say, is probably what she's most known for. But yeah, Lois and Clark, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did, except for Dean Cain. So, that's, yeah. that's true. But what else does he got going for him? So. <laughs> Nothing else, man. You ain't got jack shit. <laughs> oh, poor poor best, Superman. Best, one of the best live action Superman we've had on TV is doing it right now with fucking Superman and Lois and Tyler Hawkman. It's amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen Shitting it. all over okay. Lois and Clark. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, we'll get to that one later. You're, yeah. you're missing out. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, so it, it's at this point, too, uh, Catherine recognizes uh, Gabe and, you know, she uh, the cops somehow catch up to Gabe in this club and she then distracts the cops with her with her super sexy dance routines that Gabe is able to kind of maneuver around them in this giant club and he gets to the back to where she is and then they have this conversation and they both get out of there together. Which and this and this is what I know this film from. I remember as a kid, I would see the movie trailer, like this scene yeah. always showed up in the movie trailers. It's yep. it's Kurt always. Russell in drag, you know, trying to yeah. sneak past the cops. It's and, and not even like it, it's done well too. Like, yes. it's not cartoonish. It's not insulting. Like he looks good. Well, <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't know. Like I, like I feel like somebody would probably recognize him, 
but like I guess you're supposed to believe well, being, that being LA cops, you would figure they'd recognize the biggest detective they have in their department. Yes. Yeah, fucking a, like you would hope. But, these... but I will say it is, it is, it, they do kind of make the LAPD kind of woke in this. Oh in my that god! They both address Kurt Russell as ma'am and and lady, like while you know. What I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, like two lines later, he's like, "Hey, dykes on bikes, Captain." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... He, he he did he did instantly erase it all. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. One step back, forty steps backwards. Yeah. So, yeah. Know. Absolutely. It's really fucked that one up. <laughs> but they managed to escape, and then uh, you pick up right away that, that Gabe and Catherine have a connection. Like, they're both hitting it off. There's a lot of chemistry there. And uh, Tango and Cash, like, their their reunion scene is pretty good because uh, Gabe is getting his back rubbed by Catherine, but uh, just be- from... From Tango's perspective, he's sneaking into his house. Basically, it looks like Catherine and, and Gabe are kind of well, getting. Well, it, on it a bit. sounds like it too, because this is a very intense background. The way like the way Terry Hatcher is right. just moaning. <laughs> you know, you're just right. like, okay, come on now. Like, right. like who's like, ever had of a yeah, like who's that. rubbing who here? <laughs> right. But yeah. So as this massage is going on, uh, you could see Stallone's character. He's just becoming more and more livid. Like the, the more he hears and sees. Well, as he's getting ready to spring into the house and break it up, he sees a, a shadowy figure on the other side of the house getting ready to come in the opposite side. So he grabs like a, a fake duck and he goes crashing through a couple of screen doors and tackles the guy. And as it turns out, it's his captain. Yeah. Like how how everyone can just find these two like when they want to yes except for the actual cops who are looking <laughs> the for the keystone just, cops can't me. can't get it done right, right? Yeah. it's it's amazing and it, it, it's at this point too that we're given a bit of a ticking clock which i don't i don't understand why they were given 24 hours okay. to find them another thing right here can you, just, can you explain what, what the captain did just here? complete bullshit because there's no way that just a local captain <laughs> can somehow stop like a federal manhunt for 24 hours okay. and just say hey guys is that what it is he, he tells them he can pause the manhunt for a day yeah that's basically what he says i'll give you 24 hours like come on man i was like oh my god no like the u.s marshals would be after you you just you can't just stop things like that it's ridiculous but okay once again yes as you said, though, they've got to set up the ticking clock. They've, we, our right. heroes have to go now solve this crime. You know, they've got to figure out, yep. all, get with everybody else, get to Rakeen, just so we can figure out yep. who the big bad is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's And their captain, too, like, he just shows up with Rakeen's address in his fucking pocket. Yeah, how is this like, possible? I think he would have been harder to find as a shadowy kind of goon. Other than just using like the white pages, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, and nobody wants to go arrest him. It's just like, hey, no, just go fuck him up. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because they because they end up yeah taking him to a top of a building in, in downtown L.A. somewhere or downtown yep. Hollywood, hold him over the edge. That doesn't uh-huh. scare Rakeen at all. Like they're trying to like shake him down for any information. So they're like, well, we need to go to Plan B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is taping a. A uh, hand grenade to his face. I guess, I guess this is uh, Tango and Cash's version of good cop, bad cop. They even call it out. Where tang- bad cop, worse cop. Yeah, tang- Tango say, has right? to like play the crazy one, and Cash has to play the, the sane one and says, oh, you, know, you screwed up. He's going to kill you. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, Tango. Yeah. He's like, I heard about you, Psycho, like, and, and all the things you're doing. Stallone's trying to play it up like he's actually kind of Martin Riggs a bit. Yeah. Like, once again, yeah, like somebody was peeling or taken from somebody else, right? You think? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think about, I I think in 89, didn't uh, uh, Lethal Weapon 2 come out too, where Martin Riggs continued to play a crazy dude? 
Yeah, they amped it up in the second yes. one for sure. Lethal Weapon 2 came out in 89. Same yeah, year. and this Absolutely. was, this, uh, apparently, if this is true, I read this on IMDb, that this was, Tango and Cash was the last theatrical movie to come out in the 80s until, you know, 90s. Really? So, yeah, it must have came out in, in December. So, definitely oh. stole from, from Lethal Weapon 2, but hey, you know. Oh, yeah, you could, the, the parallels are definitely there. Yeah. They're not very hard to find. But yeah, being held over a building like doesn't affect this guy, but a grenade in his face, like he's just ready to just, then, he spills the beans. Yeah, he's ready to talk after they, they literally just use electrical tape to tape a grenade to his face. Yeah, with, with one skin, and, I, and I'm not sure if I saw this correctly, but I think the spoon of the grenade was also taped. So even if he pulled the pin, yeah. the thing wasn't going to like eject and to go off. Yeah. So I, I don't right. know. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, how's Rakeen to know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's pissing in his pants. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah. So, uh, it, as they get ready to leave, he then drops the grenade down his pants, and it turns out it's a dud. So you know, they don't end up actually, you know, murder the murderer kind of thing. And at this point, they go to check in with uh, with a character actor that a lot of you may may recognize, uh, Michael Pollard. He uh, he's Cash's like weapon designer, basically. He's like, Q. Uh, Gabe has yeah. gadgets in this movie. He's Q. Yeah, right. Uh, where he made. <laughs> He made uh, some cowboy uh, shotgun boots. There's a dog that has a gun in its mouth. And yeah. There's all sorts of other things. But one thing is that he makes is that, uh, as they call it, the RV from hell, he basically makes them the, the tumbler from Batman Begins Yep. Uh, for them to go. Uh, and they go to – Rakeen tells them who to look for. Like, he, he sells out Jack Palance right away. So he tells them Perrette, and he's the guy to go look for. And they, turns out this guy has some land somewhere, so they're going to go get him. And, you know, that sets up the third act where Tango and Cash, they're on the way in their super tank, and they're going to go uh, arrest Jack Palance's shadowy figure. I don't think they're going to arrest him. I think they were just going to go kill him, but uh, was who knows? Kill? Like, 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 I don't thought... know what their plan was, because they never lay that out. They're just like, hey, we need to go get this guy. Right. I mean, how that's going to clear their like, name, it, I don't know. It was going to be arrest until, you know, later we find out that uh, that somehow... Rakeen had managed to kidnap Catherine, Tango's sister, Gabe's would-be girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, once again, like t- just randomly. A little more. Like wh- how? Show, yeah. How do they know about Catherine? <laughs> why has she never been done? But like, or, why did they ever do that before? Catherine? Yeah, why did they just ca- like kidnap her way back when when Tango was a problem and said, "Hey, back off, or we're right. going to kill your sister." And Tango stops yeah. busting drugs. Right? I mean. It yeah. makes no Cause, sense. Because even by, by Jack Palance's own estimates, uh, both men had cost him somewhere like over $100 million. Yes. You know, for for them foiling his his enterprise. So just, you know, he might have been a little upset. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they didn't they didn't want to steal too much from Lethal Weapon 2 because in that movie, if you remember, it's it's discovered or told to us finally yeah. that Martin Riggs' wife was killed because he was yep. too close to the drug dealers. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly what it was. So then, that sets up the final, the final like I guess like act of this movie, like the, the final action piece of it, starts with an assault on Jack Palance's what turns out to be compound, and I gotta say this is where the movie really <laughs> kind of yeah. ups the octane. Yeah, I don't know if there's a better way to put it. Like whatever, however fast and hard this movie is going before being an '80s action movie starring Sloane and you know and a guy like Kurt Russell at the time, given his point in the career, like there was already a lot of you know. A lot of high action stuff, but at this point in the movie, when they're in their battle truck and they're doing the demolition derby against Jack Palance's uh, compound of unlimited goons and vehicles, like Mad Max. Style yeah, this fight. is all like all shot on a, at a, a real rock quarry. 
Oh yeah, so yeah, it's huge. Like, and they're literally like, there's just, there's cars blowing up everywhere. They're shooting guns and stuff. That they're knocking people like they're using fire. They're burying people. You can't believe the scope of this fucking chase. Scene I mean, or smash them up. I don't even know what to these call it, giant. It's not a chase. These giant dump trucks. I mean, like, and when I say dump trucks, yeah. I'm talking about the ones that that you, you see with like the tires that are like, you know, forty feet tall. You know, yeah, the big earth. Yeah, it's just insane, and like they're like driving those around, like like those are not efficient or fast vehicles to drive around. Right, but that's what they're using to try to battle Tango and Cash. Yes, it's just nuts. Yeah, and their and their RV too. Like it has it has like a like James Bondian level kind of technology. Like they're talking to to Owen on a, on, a, on a straight up FaceTime kind of monitor as they're shooting missiles and shit, and there's there's like bat contraptions, like it's wild, like what's going on. Yeah, there. it doesn't feel like the same movie because it's so out of left. Because field, it's not just how wild this part. Yeah, yeah like, it's it's because why the, why the turn? The here? screenwriter and the director were big James Bond fan and said, "Hey, I want Q's lab and I want things blowing up in his lab, just like every time James goes to CQ, and then I want really? a cool." Yeah, oh, you, that's right. You're not really a James Bond film watcher, right? You haven't seen very many. No. Yeah. So, like every James Bond film ever, he goes to Q's lab, and Q's always working on some random crazy shit that's really cool. But sometimes, like, it always doesn't work right. So, like, things break or blow but this, up. But he's a guy. He's a guy who designs James Bond. Stuff. Yes, Q is. Q makes all of James Bond's gadgets. But it doesn't work sometimes. Like, but no, that a, no. The, the, that the stuff that James, James Bond, Bond? Guy gets is like like successful stuff. But like, like oh, okay. so what I'm saying is, every time like James Bond, like he gets his he gets his mission right in every movie, and he, yeah. he automatically like there's a scene where he goes to Q's lab. And like Q just has some things to give to him. It's like, oh, here, have these, uh, oh. you know, uh, you know, cufflinks that shoot a bullet or something, right? So we'll give him those things. Here's your invisibility bubble. Gun. But at Good the luck. same time, like there's always yeah. stuff going on in the lab. Like there's other people in lab coats around, like experimenting. Like they would have like that dog with the gun, and like, yeah. like I'm telling you, like this was probably pulled exactly from a James Bond film. Like something like that would blow up. Like it just doesn't work right, and then James would make like a like a quip that would piss Q off, you know. So yeah, the director writers huge James Bond fans, you can tell because yeah, even the vehicle he gets is like a vehicle that Q would design for him. Except Q would design it out of an Audi or a BMW. Where this film, they get a Chevy like minivan to build it out of. Yeah, essentially right. And I think their relationship probably a little different. Like in that, I don't think. I don't know if Q is supposed to be James Bond's dad, but they do. Kurt Russell's character does sort of hint that maybe Owen could be his yes, father. He's not family, right? Yeah, he's like maybe. Right, and he goes maybe. It's like oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Q and the Q and the James Bond. No, no, no relation. He's just like no a super, okay. you know, wizard when it comes to gadgets and other science stuff. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they destroy I don't know how many vehicles and how many guys they get through but it's a like this whatever Jack Palance's uh, character's uh, goon budget is as far as his criminal enterprise goes it's gotta be I mean wouldn't you say that they've already put him out of business basically by like killing all his goons so like he's got nobody else to like move all his guns he's got a warehouse full of guns that are just sitting around like not boxed up bullets all around it just it's crazy yeah it's a very vast criminal enterprise, and I think the only people that are left, essentially, on the bad guy side is you got Brian James and a couple of key goons, and then uh, James Hong's character, and then uh, 
Marco Lemos character at all. So yeah. Alive. Like the two underbosses are essentially left. Basically, yeah. And that's when Tangon Cash ditched Danger Truck and they then, you know, they go sidearm and they go in to, to get their man. They find the biggest machine get, like guns the, I've ever seen. That I, Like I've never seen these types of machine guns. It's got like scopes big. and laser lasers on it and shit like that. It's pretty crazy. But nobody bothered to use those against Tango and Cash no. as, as they were driving in. <laughs> no, they wanted to use the monster trucks. They very easily had weapons that they could have taken out both Tango and Cash. I opted not to use them. I completely Yeah, agree. Yeah, you want to save that for later. Absolutely. <laughs> the screenplay would not allow it. No, no time. Uh, so it's at this point that uh, as Tango and Cash, they're then going through uh, uh, Pratt's. Uh, is that Pratt, right? Is that his Perrette. name? Pratt. Jack Palance's Perrette, yes. yeah. They're in Perrette's office, and uh, they're looking for him. They can't find him kind of thing. And, uh, Brian James then just reveals, like, right away, in a very in a very James Bond kind of villain sort of way, <laughs> like, he he pops up on a TV screen, and he's like, hey, you guys, look, I got your sister kind of thing. And uh, as, as it turns out, he's literally standing in the room right next to them because they just <laughs> yes. happen to turn around, and Brian James is standing there holding Terry Hatcher hostage uh, with a camera right on him to film his yeah. fucking villain scene. Did, like, didn't see him away. when they walked into the room. But, you know. Right, but all of a sudden, it's like, hey, where'd you come from? Holy shit. With with his sister too, yeah. Like you're not gonna notice yeah. a woman struggling. With his sister, it, yeah, and in a callback to to the roof scene they had with him, he has a grenade taped to uh, to poor Catherine's face. And so it, it's up to Tango and Cash to essentially, uh, you know, to to fight uh, Brian James and uh, another goon he has along with him, like to the death, basically. Right? Which yeah, which is so funny, like. He doesn't want, like, in typical James Bond fashion, too, like, it's this is the point where I feel like he would almost want to tell him the whole story of why they did this, but he doesn't really get to that point. But he's like, well, I don't have time to, like, hurt your sister doing things. I only have enough time to, like, slice you up. Because, right. by the way, there's but a timer. Place blows yeah, up. there's a timer going right. off that the whole place is going to blow up, which makes no sense, once again, why you're going to blow up right. your whole your whole headquarters. But yeah, because Jack Pounce is the one he he set off the yes like when they were closing in very very Red Skull style. He's like, oh, we gotta get out of here, and he starts flipping switches. But and, you know, but stays in the building, doesn't leave. He's still but in the stays. building while these guys are yeah. all fighting. It's just wild. Man. Like I guess he had to hold on to Terry so Hatcher. So much cocaine, dude. So much cocaine <laughs> makes no goddamn oh my sense. God. No sense whatsoever. <laughs> so it, it's after this fight scene too that. Uh, Tango very much uh, he handles like the the non-named yeah the karate to, guy since he got to fight uh, you know Robert Zadar's character this is uh, Kurt Russell's you know Gabe Cash's big fight scene with Rakeen and uh, at one point I don't know how long like they're fighting for uh, but Kurt Russell's character Cash pulls out a grenade from somewhere he, Mind he you, got he got the grenade to... I, I believe well i don't know no he got yeah i think they got a grenade from uh all, all outside there and the, where they got the giant guns like in and the everything. warehouse yeah. right like when they were going through yes. stuff yeah but he pulls out the grenade well into the fight like he's getting knocked around like they're punching they're kicking he's getting bumped this around. is after he's been he gets, shot he too to tie up after he's been shot yeah he ties up brian james's character rakeen he pulls a grenade out of his pocket depends it with his mouth stuffs it down Rakeen's pants and then kicks him down the stairs. And, I mean, it's... 
one of my favorite things to do in movies as a kid was to count basically like his yeah movie. how long the great grenade takes movie, in, in movie logic yeah fucking you have ten seconds after you fucking pull the pin in a grenade before it goes but this one went pretty quick like he was barely down the stairs before he blew up so I really appreciated that you know <laughs> fucking seeing that as a kid like that was a quick grenade pull I like that yeah I it's also a very large grenade explosion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very big. Yeah, because they're not that no, big, right? No. It's not like a full full on dynamite yeah, thing going on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. it's like that's real explosives there. But yeah, there's a lot. What I found funny about this whole scene was, as you mentioned, there's another goon that's fighting Stallone, and yeah. I kind of feel like Stallone probably pulled some rank on uh, on Kurt Russell here and said, you know what? Yeah, you're gonna get to fight like the the more known actor, but I'm gonna fight the guy who fights and and makes the fight look a lot better because the other guy is like doing spin kicks and Stallone's like kicking oh, him back yeah, and stuff. Working. Like, you know, yeah, Stallone fighting. went to the director and said, this like. Kurt Russell's not gonna outshine me. I want my fight to do all this, this, and this. Right, and he's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Kurt Russell and Brian James fight was just kind of like a couple of a drunk dads fighting at a exactly. You know yeah. What I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Yeah, not very good compared to the actual. Just which again, if fucking if it was Swayze, it might have been a little. Different. Oh man, some more kicks and like, shit. Like who knows? that would have made the movie worth it just to watch like Swayze go out. Oh, man, the guy it. can like. The guy can fight like nobody else. Like I don't know. I I'd, I'd put him up against he, Van Damme. He can move. He could really yeah. move, man. He was good. Yeah. Whether he yeah. whether he could really do it in real life, it didn't matter. Like he convinced me he could do it in Roadhouse. Yeah. I mean, it worked for Johnny Cage for years, and you're gonna fucking right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so after our, uh, after more of our bad guys are are, are just dismissed and done with. Uh, we're down to the final guy. That's Jack Palance. And it, it, during this time, too, as Terry Hatcher's character, Catherine, was thrown to the ground, uh, this whole long fight scene with Brian James and, and uh, Kurt Russell's character went on for quite a while. She could have maybe escaped, yeah. or maybe she tried to escape and was foiled. It's never really known. All we know is, is that as soon as Brian James's character explodes, they turn around, and in kind of a, kind of a Bruce Lee villain yeah, sort of Yeah, enter way, the dragon. Know, did you not, did you not think of that? Thing, yes. Yeah. I did instantly, yeah. There's a, a curtain just kind of goes away, and there's a bunch of mirrors. Like, it's Jack Palance holding Catherine uh, hostage from multiple angles. Like, you see many different mirrors set up Funhouse style. And <laughs> it's up to our heroes to use logic yes. to figure out which one it is. Because, you know, they only have one bullet each, apparently. And, you know, they, they got to try to kill him before he kills Catherine. I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh so as Jack Palance, this character is kind of doing his, his final pontification. They both like on the count of three and one, two, and boom. Uh, Cash uses his gun boots. Uh, Tango uses his fancy little pistol. Yeah. Okay. They both gun boots. Okay. We didn't talk about this, but this was something that was set up throughout Shotgun the movie. Shotgun boots, mind you. Yes. Yeah. But somehow he's able to aim that son of a bitch just perfectly. Yep. A yeah. headshot. Yeah. And what makes those things go off? Because he had been kicking his feet for like the last twenty minutes. I don't for a, like, like a lot. You when you I mean? when you do see him uh, like like bounce like the first time and on this time, like you see him reach to his boot, so he's pushing something. I assume. I will give him. So there's that. supposed to be a trigger inside his something. Boot? Is that what we're not understanding? Yeah. Okay. But I'll, okay, I'll give him yeah. that. How That's, they okay, don't go off just normally though makes no sense with you if you're just right. running on them. <laughs> but hey. Yeah. Or fighting a giant man. Like, yeah. you know, there's yes. so many questions. Yeah, grenades going off around you. I mean, shit. Yeah, just fine. Gun boots are good. <sighs> and they actually, 
I don't know why they did this. Like, they could have just had them both explain, like, a wizard did it. You know, yeah. like, of course I knew which one it was. But they take time to explain that uh, yes. Cash was able to recognize that the monogram on Jack Palace's character's coat was backwards, yes. right? And then uh, and ta- and the, and the reason Tango figured it out was for another reason. Something else was, the backwards. Ring. was backwards. The ring was on. Yeah, the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah it was, it was mirror. And how he knew... How did he know what hand Jack Palace's character wears his ring on if they just learned? Well, apparently, well, it was before. it was different because all the other ones had it on one side, where the where the actual oh, image had it on one Christ. side. I, I don't know if I believe that, Is that logic. How mirrors work. I, yeah, I don't you think I mean? believe the logic because Palance, like apparently, he was standing behind the mirrors because if you notice, they right. shoot him through the mirrors. Through the glass. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they really figured out. I can go with some monogram level mirror shit. Like you, you give Tango and Cash a mirror, a light, and a sheet. They're gonna definitely haunt a house for you. Yeah, they're fucking amazing with their mirrors. Yeah, it felt it felt very like almost video gamey. Like you're playing a video game, and then like the game stops and says, "Do you want option A or option B?" or or pick pick your target, and you have to pick the right one. You know, kind of thing. It was it was nutty, but. And then they realize, like, oh, after we killed it, we've had our discussion of how we figured this out. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a bomb about to go off. We got to get the hell out of here. Right. And so they then flee and, you know, everybody makes it out just fine. And, and we uh, we get one last one last joke to end the day on. And, and a very 80s kind of rock song kind of kicks into and both our heroes high five for the first time. Like this is the, it, it was kind of a thing. Like, yeah. They had tried to high five previously in the movie and. They never fully connected. Yeah, they just they just can't. Yeah, they're they're too macho. Yeah, they they just can't quite trust each other enough. I I, I can't touch yep. it. But you know, finally they high five, and not only high five, like they high five and lock fingies. Yeah, like you know what I mean. And then they, and then they get a newspaper picture of them holding high hands. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, like the newspaper says, yeah, they're they're quitted of all charges. Like just like that. Right. Like yeah. Okay. Everything's dropped. Even though they murdered everyone who could corroborate their stories. Exactly. Like, no just witnesses. Show up to a pilot of thousands of dead bodies and be like, "We told you we were we were good to go." Yeah. Well, we can't prosecute you anymore, even though we we found you guilty. So. Right. Like anybody knows anything about the real justice system? It's just crazy. I love how Hollywood just treats it like, "Yep, you're like you're just out right away." In the real world, it's like, "No, we don't care. You'll just have to go through the appeals process and hope that a judge sees right. it your way." Because if you run out of appeals, we're just going to keep you locked up forever anyway. So yeah. it's it's insane. Yeah. God damn. And at eight, uh, 84 minutes was the runtime. Oh, 104, no, 100, 104 minutes. minutes. But as I was telling yeah. you off air, that is a it is a very swift 104 minutes. Like you you think this is just like a 90 yeah. minute film because this thing right. just moves <laughs> and it it does. You know, and I, I hate it because like like I feel throughout this entire review like I've been kind of trashing this thing and like saying this is so ridiculous and stupid. But man, it is so ridiculous and stupid that it's fun to watch. Like. In all the best ways too, and you're right. Like the the chemistry between Stallone and Russell sell this entire completely. Movie. They are so funny together, and it, this is this is one of Stallone's best comedic performances. Like he is, he has some legitimately funny yes. lines in this movie. Be, be, I mean, he's really besides good. getting to Demolition Man. Like, yeah, this this might even beat Demolition Man as far as his comedy. But but once yeah. again, it's it's because Stallone is paired up with somebody who really can go toe to toe with him. 
Kurt Russell's really fucking good, man. He's pretty goddamn charming too. Like, he's, yeah, he's watching. I love Kurt Russell. I mean, I've you know, yeah, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Like mm-hmm. I said, the thing, Soldier too, is such a never seen it. Movie is yeah, whoa, so, dude. Oh man, yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that one. That's a terrific. <laughs> movie. Wow, I have a feeling I'm going to disagree, but. Uh, it, okay. It's worth a watch sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Let me amend the word terrific yes. and say it's a movie. But <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, that came out in 98. Yeah, okay. It's been a long time. So Paul W.S. Anderson, too, though. They, uh, I remember that movie being particularly not bad, but... For <laughs> you're, not, you're not selling it here, man. <laughs> oh, Busey was in that movie? I don't even remember that. Holy shit. Oh, man. Yeah, Jason Isaacs, Sean Pertwee. Dude, there's some solid pieces there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some good stuff to it. I mean, Gary Busey is in it. Wow, I did Jesus. Michael Chiklis is in it. You know what I mean? There's some people there. Well, yeah. I mean, before these people were even big stars. Damn, this thing wasn't absolutely tanked at the theater. Holy that's shit. That's the only thing I know about it is like it was not popular. People didn't like it. That's why that's why when you say, yeah, oh yeah, this is a good film, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> It might have been one of those HBO late night things where I'm like, well, look at this. This fucking Kurt Russell and Jason Scott. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could have been like you were deployed somewhere and you're just like, oh, I, I'm yeah. watching something. Oh, this is entertaining. Yeah, I could see right. that. I don't want to watch Super Troopers again. I guess, you know, it's fucking Exactly. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is entertaining. What about this movie here? It's Rain of Fire. What's it about? It's Matthew McConaughey and Dragons. <laughs> Fuck you. Let's, I'm not watching that. All of a sudden, hey, this is a fabulous film. Right. And Tango Castro, like, that one did make a lot of money. Like, a $120 million box office in 89. Like, that's off, pretty big numbers. Off of what? Like, a $50 million budget, right? $50 million budget, yeah. But does that include all the reshoots they did? It, I mean, it's probably in there. I mean, I assume that if they, they had to borrow any more money, they would have put that into the original budget. So <laughs> Right. Yeah, you would think. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, $120 million in a movie in 1989, an action film, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, pretty solid. And it's so much so to the point, like, even just just a couple of years ago, Stallone was trying to flip, <laughs> flip the idea of a Tango and Cash sequel. I think uh, Kurt Russell was right. He instantly shot down the idea, thinking that they're too old for yeah, it. He, He's probably yeah, he right. probably said, you know, there was a line in this movie I was supposed to be in called Lethal Weapon, where one of the characters says, I'm too old for this shit. He probably just like yeah. said, I'm taking that to heart now. Yeah, I mean, he's 72. He doesn't want to be doing action movies. I mean, Stallone is 77 right now. I was like... Jesus Christ. It's weird. Is he really? uh, Granted, like, I'll I'll say this. Like, obviously, I think he does a lot of clean living because he does not look that old. No. But, but man, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, wow, he's almost 80 years old. It's insane. Damn, dude. Yeah. Oh man. It's a little too old to watch, you know, them try to, you know, run around shooting bad guys at that age. Dude, I tell you what, if he if he has his way, we'll definitely be seeing something related to Cobra or him playing Edgar Allan Poe before he dies. I would enjoy either one of those though. I think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh boy. It mm. Jesus. He's been writing that postscript for, I don't know, for decades, man. Yeah, I think every actor in Hollywood, like every like big successful actor, like has those projects that are like, yeah, one day I'm going to get to this. And I'm going to get this thing sold. And, you know, they work on it, they work on it, but work on now, it. But by now, like, he's made enough money, he could just finance, he like, could. you know, like, like a short is just like a proof to sell concept or something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could definitely But do he's it. also smart enough to say, you know what? Do I really want to put up $100 million <laughs> of my own money to have, like, yeah, none of point. it made back? 
Yeah. Like even even he's I not that vain. I would love to vain. see him playing Poe as he tried to write the Raven or something like that. <laughs> you know, fucking. Oh, just want to see that. Uh, hey, if he ever does it, I promise you we're gonna we're gonna review it on the show. It can't be worse than John Cusack when he played. Oh Poe. my god. Jesus. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? He kind of just fell off. John Cusack? Yeah, I guess he had a a, a, a quote-unquote comeback when, like, he was in, uh, uh, what was it, 2012, and he was in Con Air and all those. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine, right. Yeah. 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 He had a little bit of a comeback, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't Travolta style. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, man. So, hey, do you, like, with summer wrapping up, do we want to try to squeeze in one more Stallone starring film or maybe start edging out of Stallone and we could see one that he was briefly in, but maybe not. He's the star of, you know, which what one, mean? what are you thinking of? I, I don't Have you, have you sat down to watch guardians three? I have not. Cause I've, oh I've boy. just finished up miss Marvel and I've got a lot to say about that show. We probably need to talk about that on the next show sometime. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I have I, I have not got to Guardians yet. Uh, I, I, I okay. want to get to it, so I'm taking it. Stallone is in it. He he's is showing yeah, up. He's huh? back as uh, he's a Ravager. Yeah, he's back as he's back as Takar. Okay, I had a feeling he. Would so, do we want to do that, or do we want to watch something else of his? Because there's there's one more we could potentially watch that I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, it's. Or we could just end the, the the summer of Stallone now, since you know the summer's kind of up, and just kind of do what we free. We no, know. we can leave it as a surprise because no, yeah, because okay. we are. We'll I will say this is that I was thinking about this today, and it's very strange that you know we're we're vastly approaching our time of horror again, where we're going to start reviewing yeah. some horror films um, as we get closer to Halloween. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of sad to see this summer of Stallone like winding down. Cause I've, I've really enjoyed having these discussions about the good, the bad, and the ugly of his, uh, his, uh, library. <laughs> well, luckily, uh, we haven't even scraped the surface of this one yet. So, well, <laughs> there's much more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he does have some other garbage out there, but, uh, you know, you take out uh, Rocky and have, all that kind we, of stuff. Yeah. We didn't do Rambo two, Rocky three. Well, fucking uh, yeah, I'm sh- stopping my mom will shoot. I'm sure our listeners would say that you know, you know, we we can't do finish up Stallone without doing First Blood or Rambo First yeah. Blood Part Two. Really, you could you could almost do it as a double feature. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because those are those are the two films that. God, like I want to say those are the films that made him, but I always have to say like yeah, Rocky. He was at least you know nominated for an Academy Award, so. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. but I still will stand by my statement that yeah, still or uh, Rambo is really what like shot him into the stratosphere as a as an action star. Yeah, well, I'm looking over his list. We have done a lot of his movies, but there are a lot of his top ones we haven't even. Touched Which is either. crazy. So, yeah, it's just absolutely nuts. Like there. Yeah, because I, I bet we've done a good Baker's dozen. Yeah, just so far. Well, we can leave it up to some of the listeners too if you if we, you guys want to. Yeah. Know, Make it, let it be known in the comment sections there that what you would, what you would want us to do. Do you want us to do, yeah. you know, Rambo, or do you want us to like sit through something that's really horrible, like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? <laughs> we'll I'll it. watch it. Yeah, I will begrudgingly watch it, but I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For anyone curious, you can find us at our home on the web at adamsnerds.com. It is adamsnerds.com. We have a contact page there, so you can just uh, drop all suggestions or anything there. We get everything nice. Uh, I will say though, with uh, 
Ahsoka is fast. Oh my god, so we are kind of we're a couple back. of days away. I can't wait. Man, I, I've gone back and I've watched. I, I wanted to see. It, I, I'm pretty up on the on the Ahsoka animated ones. Like just haven't finished like Clone Wars and Rebels and everything like pretty recently. So I, I've gone back and I've done like uh, all of Rosario Darson stuff mm-hmm. uh, as Ahsoka in live action. And I gotta say, I think. Have you watched Boba Fett again since the first viewing? No, like I, I kind of—I've almost refused to, but I—I've now that you're saying this, I kind of feel like I might have to. I'm saying it's uh, upon second watch, man. It's a lot of the complaints I had the first time. I, I don't. Feel no way. There's no intensely way. this time. Uh, I'm telling you, man. Okay, you, go back and watch the the original trilogy. Like a, after you seriously get done watching Return of the Jedi, and then go watch fucking Boba Fett. <laughs> And you tell me how bad you think that show is. Like, I, I think, I think given it, it's easier to complain about it to make it feel like it's not as good as, as what it is when we're we're literally comparing it to the Mandalorian and Andor, which Andor is possibly the greatest piece of Star Wars lore we've seen live. Very fair yet. point, right there. I, I would agree with you. And the Mandalorian on its own too, like it's. It, it, it's global, like it, it's in the it's in the zeitgeist. It's it's not going anywhere. Like it, it's part of our culture. Like it's it's just fucking there. Like you know what I mean. So like, these are two fairly uh, big, <laughs> big properties on their own. So I think having Boba Fett compared to that, like it kind of it, it was easy to be like, well, this isn't as good as the other two, but the other two are really fucking great. But on its own, like I rewatched Boba Fett, uh, getting into it, and I went back and saw the Mandalorian stuff where we had a lot of the Grogu and Ahsoka interactions, and because of that, you get the, the full episode and a half of Boba Fett that's just dedicated <laughs> yes. to the Mandalorian. Uh, man, wow, I, I was I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching every episode of Boba Fett. Wow. Like, I, I, I just finished it again, and I was like, this is great. Like, I really didn't even mind, like, him riding the Rancorn shit, because it's definitely leading, like, they're setting up Grogu, I mean, going to be riding the Mythosaur soon, like, and all that. It's just, like, you you go back and you appreciate, like, the Dave Filoni of it all, like, where he's putting in all these small pieces from a couple of years ago that we're starting to see now maybe come to fruition. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's tight storytelling, and it's making me appreciate it on a different level, which I didn't maybe the first time Man, I may, maybe I, I, I just have did not see the same thing you watched second time, then because <laughs> everything I remember about that show, I was just cringing on it. I just, I, I did not oh, like really? that series. The only thing that was good about that was the Mandalorian episodes. Because other than that, I was oh, just man. like, I'm not going with this. Like, I, I'm not going with the whole redeemed bad guy training with the locals and, yeah, learning mystical arts. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I'm just, it doesn't fit. And, yeah. yeah, but hey, I will give anything, anything but a second chance. Like, I will go back and give, give it. Give it a rewatch too, because we, we also now that you're caught up on on some on some Clone Wars, uh, you know, have you seen any of the Cad Bane stuff? Yes. Yeah, Wars? I've seen him uh, in okay. some of the episodes of the yeah. Bad Batch. I've seen him. Um, yep. God, he was on something else too. I remember right, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I've, I've seen him. I've seen him in some of the animated shows. Yeah. So I, I, I know yep. who he is now. At least it makes more sense why yeah. why fanboys would be all excited to see him in that show. Right. And just that face off with him and, and Cobb Vanth, man. Like, damn. Like, this is fucking intense. Like, there's a lot of real of really fucking just terrific pieces throughout that entire series. Yeah. Yeah, I really good. Yeah, I'm. I will take it with a grain of salt. Like, I will definitely go back and watch <laughs> it. But I, I, I have a feeling like my opinion is not going to change a whole lot on that show right. because I think it's just it's a show that I, I I continue to stand by and say I don't think a lot of time was and effort was put into it. 
I think it was a placeholder I, for the Mandalorian. And it's yeah. my, my point is even, you know, backed up by the fact that they inserted the Mandalorian into that show. It's like it's like watching the shows from the eighties and you had to have a guest star show up there just to keep it interesting, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, that's how you spin off the Flash, is they have his very own episode. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, one day we'll have to like watch the Flash movie, dude, and just uh, and the movie, yeah, oh, just man. to see how bad it is. I don't know if I got two and a half hours in me to watch it though. So. <laughs> oh Christ, dude, that's a that's a tall. Oh order, yeah, man. and it's it's gonna be on HBO before you. Know I know it. that's like, what I'm scared it's of. Just gonna be that's there. what I'm really scared of. Ugh. It's gonna happen. Ooh. God help us. Well, I don't know if I have the strength. I know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I know that you'll watch it, though, because you're, 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 you're drawn I, to I it. You're like a moth to the it, flame, man. man. You'll, you'll have to, like, just look at it for a little bit at least. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I saw most of that movie kind of like a, like the key things people complain about mostly on Twitter already and, like, you know, seeing it, like, you know, posted on Reddit and shit like that. So, like, it's possible to see all the worst, quote, best parts of it already before yeah. it's not like black adam to where you know it was easy to avoid it because nobody was posting about it because nobody cared to talk yeah. about it whereas people actively hated the flash enough to post about it all the time <laughs> that is so, so sad it was easy it was easy to see all the shitty parts yeah i i get that too and i i have a feeling i'm gonna feel the same way once i once it does show up there and i'm just like I'm, when i'm tempted to watch it it's gonna be like no no because i know yep. i know it's gonna be like me watching you know, the Justice League and trying to sit down and watch that. I'm just like, I'm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just got to turn it off for a while. Yeah, so. Or like watching the X-Files, man. Uh, that show. I don't get why people like well, that. That show is boring I, as fuck. I, I disagree I with you on that. I just tried watching it, dude. Oh, my God. It's brutal. The movie's pretty terrible. I did like the TV show for several seasons. I Not all the seasons, but I did like some of the seasons of it. It was still, it was pretty good, but. I can't believe how many movies they just blatantly rip off for each episode. No, yeah, that's the whole point. It's like watching The Twilight Zone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except way worse. Yeah. It's fucking David Duchovny. Yeah. Like, for, they literally did, they literally do the thing in an episode. We go from Kurt Russell to David Duchovny. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's, come on. Yeah. It's a lot of, can't do that. It's, it, has, it had its moments. I will, I will go with that. But it's been right. a while since I've watched that Kurt show. Kurt Russell could play Fox Mulder. You know what I mean? David, David Duchovny could, uh, could not play Jack Burton. That well, that is very that. true. Yes, yeah. The door does right. not swing both wide, both ways on that. No, absolutely not. Uh, all right, but anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, as far as the next movie goes, uh, we're going to leave that one as a bit of a, of a surprise, so uh, be sure to tune in the next episode. But uh, we're going to get out of here. We have got a ton of shit to watch. On behalf of Brian and Marion, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal.